Hello, I'm your host Ben and you're listening to Your Career Kit, brought to you by Employment for Students, a podcast where we share the best career tips and advice as well as bringing you industry professionals to share their inspiring stories to help kickstart and further your career. For more information as well as student jobs, head to e4s.co.uk. Hello, on today's episode, I'm joined by an early careers manager from Centrica, which is a company many of you may never have heard of, but actually deal with every single day and allow you to charge your smartphones, shower and stay warm in the winter. My fantastic guest is here to help you understand undergraduate careers, particularly the recruitment and onboarding process for internships, industrial placements and graduate schemes. We aim to help you understand the impact coronavirus has had on these programmes, help you get an understanding of what goes on in these programmes and get you up to speed so that you are best prepared for the future. Along the way, she gives some outstanding tips to make sure that your next application is successful. Let's start the episode and introduce you all to my guest today, Gabriella. Good afternoon, Gabriella. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Huge thank you for joining me. And today, you know, we're going to be talking about the onboarding and recruitment process for graduate schemes, internships and placements. You know, as you, as you, I mean, it's pretty obvious to all of us, the last year has been pretty different, hasn't it? It really has, actually. Um, we really feel for what uh, students and graduates have had to go through over the past few months. Um, they've shown incredible resilience and agility to, you know, carry on with their studies and come out with some of the amazing qualifications they're getting. And, you know, we've seen uh, the benefit of that and we've had some amazing talent come through our assessment centres, which is fantastic to see. But we've also had to adapt as well the way we, we look at sort of attracting and selecting our graduates. Absolutely. It's good to hear you actually managed to cope with the whole process. Do you want to give our listeners a quick overview of the brilliant work you do at Centrica? Yeah, thanks. I would. Um, so I'm the early careers manager at Centrica. Um, Centrica, for those of you who are not aware, um, we're actually the parent company of British Gas. Um, so we're an, an energy and services company. So not only do we supply your gas but we can have a whole host of sort of home energy management um, solutions for you both for the home and also for the business we bring in probably 50 or 60 graduates a year similar number of summer interns and also um, some year in industry placements as well Um, and we put our graduates through uh, graduate programs it's a rotational program uh, with a view to not just uh, creating Uh, future pipeline for the business but also benefiting from having young fresh talent join us while they're on program Um, and we put them in roles where they can really add value to the business so highly um, highly beneficial for the organization definitely yeah and sort of I remember saying in our briefing call we had previously sort of you always get to switch around to your graduates and your interns don't actually know what they're doing until they get there because there's just such a broad range that you guys do is that something that graduates actually love doing the fact they can sort of put you know put their experience to every single sector possible yeah I think so um I remember when I was coming out of university I wasn't really set on what I wanted to do um I did a generic degree in in management science which was quite open-ended um but I think what graduate programs at uh, employers allow graduates to do, if, if it's you know structured as a rotational program, is to try lots of different things out. Um, so you're right, we make offers to graduates to join our graduate program and they don't really know what they're signing up for. Uh, obviously, we 
you know, they know the structure of the program, but they don't know what roles they're doing it doing are on a, you know, over the, the course of the two or three years. Um, so th there's, there's an element of trust they put in us and certainly they have expectations and it's important that we meet those expectations and set, uh, you know, uh, correct uh, expectations with them so we're not selling them something that they don't then experience um, but what I think the benefit is for for young people is to cr come in and try lots of different things so for example our analyst program it's made up of three eight-month placements you might do one role in a sort of a commercial role where you might be supporting perhaps our bid team we're getting out some commercial propositions um, you might be working in a very technical uh, environment where you might be looking at modeling and analytics um, and, and coming out with lots of data, which you then have to explain to the business. Or you might find yourself, um, you know, spinning lots of plates and taking on a sort of a project manager type role, uh, just making sure that all the projects are on, on track and, and they're going to land. But all our grads get to do uh, very important work and, and they all take on a lot of responsibility. But I think the benefit of of having that experience is that when you come to the end of the program you know what suits you you know what your yeah. strengths are and then you move into the business and uh, take up a substantive role um based upon what you know you're good at and that's one of the hard things i think being a uni student myself and speaking to all my friends over the past few years is it's that big question of sort of when you're at university when you finish university is what do you want to do when you finish and it's like oh you know sometimes you don't know i think if we sort of roll back the clock to dare I say you know the start of the pandemic was like so long ago so what about 18 months ago and you've got a mixture of students that are currently on your schemes um, in the middle of their sort of placement or graduate schemes but you also have the students who are currently uh, within the application process what changes did you make during that it was it happened very quickly didn't it it was almost uh, a week between right coronavirus is okay at the moment and then sort of understand the actual dangers of it and thinking right this is going to have quite a big impact yeah so um yeah, virtually overnight, we had to, uh, you know, do everything online. So uh, we think back uh, March when we went into lockdown, we pretty much concluded our campaign for that year. Um, so it did give us a bit of breathing space before we opened for the following year's campaign, which was basically our 2021 campaign for grads starting this year. Mm -hmm. We had a bit of time to reflect um, and just work out what can we do with our uh, selection process. Now, a number of the, the steps of the process, you know, the submission of your, uh, your CV, your online tests, your video interviews were unchanged because we could carry on doing that. The big difference from us was, could we actually turn our face-to-face -face assessment centers into a virtual assessment center? Um, we were unsure to begin with because we didn't know if the uh, exercises we get the individuals to do would transpose that well. Um, but we spent a lot of time working on it. Uh, we also had to test the platform we were using. So uh, we do everything on Microsoft Teams. And when we first started looking into these virtual assessment centers, um, Teams didn't actually have the functionality for breakout rooms. I think it was a little bit behind Zoom. Um, but luckily, they did uh, eventually the, the capability um was available to us um and we did a lot of trial runs so we used our current graduate population almost as gizzy pigs we did a lot of trial runs to see yeah. how it would work we slightly changed our group exercise which was the one exercise we were really worried about um whether that would still be able to work in the way intended um, when people are doing it virtually um we, we changed the task slightly to make it really inclusive 
Um, and a lot of what we did was um, we did coaching calls with with the candidates. So before every person went to an assessment centre, we tested their equipment. Uh, we checked, you know, whether their audio and their video was working. We checked if they could download attachments. Um, you know, we really talked them through it. And then on the day they had a number to call in the event that they had a problem with their Wi-Fi or anything like that. But all the way through, we just made it clear that, you know, if you're, you know, the system fails for what, or techn technology fails you, that's not going to impact you. We would, we, you know, we would uh, give them another chance. Um, yeah. And actually, it worked really well in the end. Um, one of the things that actually we benefited from was access to a wider range of assessors. Mm -hmm. So um, in the face-to-face -face world, sometimes it could be a struggle to get the number of assessors together. So for example, each of our assessment centers would typically have between 10 and 12 candidates, mm -hmm. and we'd need at least one assessor for each candidate for each assessment center. Um, we decided going into the virtual world because it was so much easier to get hold of assessors because no one was traveling. Um, that we could double up on our assessors. So for each assessment, we had two assessors for each candidate. Oh, wow. But the benefit of that allowed us to broaden our assessor pool. So we made a decision quite early on that instead of just, as I say, just having one person from the business who was, you know, if it was a finance assessment centre, we'd have a finance manager do the assessment. Um, we also ensured that for every assess, uh, every assessment that we also had representation for all, from all our employee networks um, so these weren't necessarily functional experts but they were certainly uh, experts on what we were trying to deliver with regards to culture and diversity and inclusivity um, so we had much wider uh, assessor pool which I think led to much more robust and inclusive uh, conversations about who to make offers to so that was a real benefit from us yeah, absolutely. Sounds it. And what, what was the feedback from students actually on that on that program? Because I guess for some of them, they might have done, especially if you were going into a graduate scheme and you previously done a placement or an internship. Your application process, although it looks similar, this it's so different to what is suddenly in place now, isn't it? Yeah. So we did we did um, get gather feedback from all the candidates that had gone through the process because it was really important for us because it was a, a new process. We hadn't done it before um, uh, and we needed that feedback. Um, we got real positive uh, feedback, um, luckily. Um, I think obviously at the time there was no choice. You either did it virtually or you didn't do it at all. So there was a lot of understanding. I think some of the feedback from some of the, the, the candidates was um, from their perspective, they didn't have to travel to an assessment centre, you know, around the country to assessment centres. So they could do it from the, you know, the safety of their home or bedroom or wherever they were. Um, so there was that advantage. And I think it made it less nerve wracking for them. Um, as long as their technology worked, they had been used to doing uh, online lectures. So it wasn't like it was all new to them. Uh, I think they've been prepped really well by the universities to make sure that they understood within a group exercise, the dynamics are going to look different. Uh, the one thing I think 
we have learnt. So although I said to you, you know, we had much wider range of assessors, uh, making sure that we were, you know, meeting all our diversity targets with regards to ensuring the right people were, were assessing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't always obvious to candidates that we'd done that because most of the uh, assessment process, we make the assessor switch their video off, switch their camera off. So one of the feedback from the candidates was we didn't know who was assessing us. You know, everybody had their camera switched off and we didn't know who was there. So yeah. although we thought we were doing something really good, so moving forward, we need to make sure that we introduce assessors to the candidates right at the beginning of the day um, so that they're aware who, who's watching them, as mm -hmm. it were. I guess that's where you can sort of build up that report with the um, with the assessor, can't you? Because you could, are they allowed to sort of talk to them and interact with them? Or is it more, not like The Apprentice, you know, where you've got Claude um, sort of watching on, <laughs> but is it sort of like a two-way conversation in a way for some aspects? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, in the first instance, we have current graduates who actually facilitate the whole assessment day or half day as we as we run them. And so they're there for the candidates to answer all their questions, to make sure they know what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. So we do have a lot of support for them. But um, apart from the group exercise, which is uh, pretty much, you know, we the assessors observe the group the other exercises we do are very much interactive with the assessor so um rather than asking graduates to do a presentation so we give them some information get them to present back to us we do um a session called meet the manager and it's meant to sort of replicate what a graduate might be tasked on doing should they join our organization so some information is sent in advance the individual is then asked to come up with an idea or a recommendation and then they have a meeting with the manager to talk through that recommendation yeah. and it's 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 two way so the individual doesn't have to stand up and present for 20 minutes it's more of this is my idea this is the my thought process and the manager would say okay tell me a bit more about that mm -hmm. and what would happen if um so it's much more sort of in tune with what an individual would expect should they join the, the organization and then look, looking sort of further into, I mean, I say further in the future, into your upcoming cycle for um, recruitment for the applications for next year, has a lot of the things that you implemented at the start of the pandemic, have they stayed or is it always sort of changing depending on what the, the um, restrictions are? So we had to make a decision on do we want to continue doing it virtually or do we want to bring it back face to face um, and actually the decision has been made to keep it virtual um, I believe most employers are doing that perhaps not at all but certainly a number of the employers I'm speaking with is keeping it virtual there's there's time saving costs uh, saving for for everyone concerned yeah, um, we're probably keeping the format as is we're changing a little bit of some of the online uh, tests I don't mm -hmm. like to call them tests but you know the online activities and we're we're yeah. bringing in a bit more gamification to make it a little bit more fun and interesting because um, we think you know there's a lot of fatigue perhaps of uh, con consistently sitting in front of a screen and just doing the same old same so yeah we've we've sort of made the online test aspect of the application a little bit more fun it's all the zoom quizzes over the last year isn't it <laughs> all zoomed out yeah absolutely <laughs> and sort of if we then fast forward so you've given the students a placement or the graduate scheme they got the offer in terms of the onboarding process what was the typical onboarding process like pre-pandemic yeah so um we we like to stay in touch with people because we do appreciate that actually the time from accepting an offer to actually starting on the program in some cases is a year or more so it's really important that we stay connected to the people in the past we would have we would use facebook um to sort okay. of post messages 
create a bit of a group, have a bit of chat going on. We sometimes organize some live chats. Um, but uh, and we'd also um, allocate buddies. So current grads would make sure that they're staying in touch um, with the, the individuals who are due to start. Um, one thing is we used to hold in sort of the end of July, uh, something called an engagement day where we'd bring all of the, uh, you know, the new incoming graduates together. So that would be 50 plus people all to our head office. We'd have a whole day of interactive activities getting to know you networking a bit of fun yeah. uh, you know creating videos all that sort of stuff and obviously we haven't been able to do that um, which has been a real shame we're still undertaking the same activity um, but again we're having to do it virtually it's not ideal in my mind because I would certainly like to get everyone in a room together and get them to meet mm. each other because yeah. I think one of the benefits of being a graduate on a, on a graduate program is the network you make with the other graduates mm. So you Absolutely. want to get to know each other. Um, you know, not only will you work together, you're likely to socialize together. And in many instances, they choose to live together and house share. Um, oh, and that's been that has taken its toll, to be honest. I think once lockdown mm -hmm. happened, most of our graduates on program uh, went back home. Uh, opportunity to save a bit of money on rent. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but I think there's a real appetite to get back to a bit of normality for them. Um, so certainly I am hoping, um, even though, uh, you know, as an organization, we're going to continue to, to uh, offer remote working. Um, flexible first is, is what it's being known as. But certainly I'm hoping as from the 2021 intake that we will have the opportunity to bring people together um, mm -hmm. for, you know, the odd training day induction that sort of thing in an office where can people can see each other face to face that's the thing isn't it i think we've been to quite a few careers fairs this year um a lot of them have been remote um and so when we get speaking with students a lot of them do say you know i just want to be in the office i want to experience that i think because we've we've missed that over the past year students we've missed that whole university campus vibe and i think that's something you look forward to you know those first few weeks meeting people on the job can actually suck in because it's so different especially when you're learning the ropes isn't it because you can't just quickly lean over to your, your mate's desk next to you and say can you end with this or how does this look it's it's so different because i think universities have sort of helped quite a bit over the last year um in terms of that transition into that work from home sort of aspect yes no you're absolutely right uh, you know young people are very keen to get back into the office but you know I've had to caveat it with even when the offices open up we're not going back to the way it used to be um, there will still be a large proportion of our work working population that will still be working from home uh, the narrative is that you will only be going into the office to undertake you know team meetings or training and development activity that sort of thing yeah um, however However, you know, uh, we're doing our best to include as part of the sort of induction and transition into the business, a lot of activity around networking and, uh, you know, the digital workplace and how to get to know people. And, you know, we, we are we've we've changed the way we, we bring people into the business to help them transition to that remote working environment. And to be fair, you know. As always, I'm always impressed with how resilient graduates are. They they can adapt to the new ways of working. They take it on board. You know, working in an digital environment is is not anything new yeah, uh, for true. young people. They they've embraced it. Um, and I get lots of tips from from young people about, oh, do you know that Teams can do this? Or have you tried this? Well, there's this new app yeah. that you could use. Um, so when I create an uh, an induction. 
they're like, have you tried this? We can do this. And, you know, full of, full of uh, ideas uh, and energy, which is why I like working with graduates so much. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a change, isn't it? Especially because you get a new cycle each year. It's, it's new faces, new ideas. And especially when, you know, a lot of the students are really enthusiastic to start, that's when you sort of you put the 110% in, don't you? Yeah. And, you know, our grads in the new working environment, they've, they've been fantastic. Um, you know, we have one grad who literally from day one of lockdown sent, has sent out a positivity email every single day, even Brilliant. when she's been on annual leave. Yeah. And um, she sends it to a wide uh, network within the organization. Even our CEO uh, <laughs> is uh, part of that distribution list. Mm. And he quite often comments on some of the things she puts in that email. We've also got a group of grads that have... Um, uh has started recording a podcast series such as yourself called tea and talks and they've been having conversations right from you know our senior leadership team right to other grads Mm. um and that's again way to get to know people and getting to know people behind the you know the image that they portray at work but finding out about you know asking the most ridiculous questions to some of our senior leaders so for example the md of british gas was asked the question um uh what would your survival strategy be uh in an in an apocalypse <laughs> they had to think about what would On he do spot, yeah. it's just it's a it's, it's a way of getting to know people isn't it and mm-hmm. finding out something different and we've been really encouraged to bring our, our our full selves to work so for example if you have a dog in the background and they start mm-hmm. barking it's not a problem from our perspective because mm-hmm. these things happen we're working yeah. from home we've also been encouraged in our little profile photos not to have those corporate photos where you're in a shirt and a tie or or whatever but actually to have photos a bit more relaxed showing you and your family or showing you doing a sport that you enjoy or something so that we're getting to know people a bit more so yeah there's lots going on and I have to say graduates have been really great at embracing that I think yeah like you said one of the, the nicest things actually getting to know people personally because we all have these sort of professional um I don't know what the word is sort of you, you actually professional in the workplace that once you then get to break down those barriers into the actual person that you 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 show at home and things like that it's just lovely isn't it because you get to have those normal conversations you look forward to work and what how have students found that those first few weeks once they start at Centrica in terms of you know although they're remote at the moment what does that sort of first few weeks look like is there, is there a set out plan that you guys do or is it right let's just go for it let's um you integrate how you want to integrate based on the task you're doing yeah, it's a, that's a good one. So we've only brought one group of grads in, uh, obviously virtually. Um, but what I can do is reflect on what we've done with our summer interns. So at the beginning of July, we brought in 47 summer interns and they're with us for a, a period of seven, uh, seven weeks. Um, and what I did, because I'm really thinking these individuals what we want to do is introduce them to the culture of of Centrica we want them to understand our business strategy and priorities we want them to understand about the new innovation and the growth opportunities so it's it's not just culture but it's also commercial we need to really immerse them into what it means to uh, work at Centrica and also be a graduate at Centrica so in order to do that um, I structured a sort of a seven week program where we have guest speakers um, and we have people from our networks and we get opportunities for the interns to get involved. Um, we have weekly social events. 
Uh, we have some online learning modules. They're working in, uh, together collaboratively in project groups. Um, and it's been working really, really well. Um, and again, I have used our current graduate population to help run that. So they're mentoring the project groups. They are coaching them. They are running development activities. So for example, uh, we upskill all the interns in uh, their Excel um, skill set. Um, we train them on Power BI and all these sessions are being run by current grads in the business. Um, and it's worked really well and they're really engaged and the feedback has been really good. So I'm looking to replicate something similar to that um, with our graduates when they start um, in October. Uh, however, some of our graduates, so two of our programs are an, um, our marketing program and our business management program, their first 12 weeks in the business is actually spent in one of our contact centers. Uh, so we think it's really important for them to get to know our customer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and what better way than to work in a contact center and speak, speak to them directly. Uh, so, yeah, they... Then you will be thrown in at the deep end. <laughs> absolutely. So it sounds like a very busy first few weeks. And we'll get on to the, the next section that I think and most students will absolutely love to understand and hear other top tips for, you know, the application process. Because this is something that it's it's so hard to actually get the experience of the application process without actually doing it. You know, I, th I think we say to a lot of students, the best way to learn how to do a good CV or good cover letter is just to do one. Um, so if, if we sort of start off with um, what makes an application stand out to you? So interestingly enough, as part of our application process, although it is a requirement to submit a CV and fill in, uh, you know, some standard questions, we don't actually select on that. Um, as part of the initial application, we do ask the applicants to um, undertake some online tests. So these are sort of numeracy and verbal and non-verbal reasoning tests. Um, and we'll also be including the gamification uh, aspects of it. And that is what is our first sift. So my number one top tip is practice these tests they're not hard but they are potentially you might feel a little bit pressurized because some of them might be time limited um, but practice them because there's a real knack uh, so there's lots of uh, websites out there where you can pr practice these online tests uh, so uh, yeah that's my number one top tip so that you can get through to the next stage of the selection we see over 50 percent of our candidates being deselected at that point because they don't pass the test got to be up to scratch then haven't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely the next step is the video interview um and when, when i say video interview um it's not an interview like you it's not a conversation like you and i are having uh we send some uh questions out to the candidates in advance so they can prepare their answers and then they just have to record it um so again top tips for that is look enthusiastic <laughs> show you've done a bit of research yeah. and make sure you're actually answering the questions and don't feel the necessity to fill the full two minutes four minutes whatever it is that you have for each question don't feel that you have to keep on talking until you fill it just when you've said what you want to say you can stop amazing thank you do you have any final sort of thoughts on whether the onboarding process or recruiting process you know that you think students should should understand so that they can make themselves stand out you know get that job in the day so i would say if you get to the interview stage um and you're asked to uh demonstrate perhaps uh some sort of competencies so typically people will talk about teamwork or they might talk about good communication skills 
I would suggest actually when it comes to teamwork, don't just talk about bog standard teamwork. Don't just talk about we had a group at university and we had to work on a project and someone in the team didn't pull their weight and I had to step up. That is a very, very typical uh, answer to that question. I would suggest uh, candidates to think about it in a bit more depth. So think about were the right people sitting around the table in the team? In the team, Did you have the right people working on it? Did everyone have a voice? Um, were you considering lots of different um, uh, ideas? You know, how, how, how well did you embrace ideas? When you realised things were not going right, how agile were you to sort of change tack or try something new? So think about a lot more than just teamwork. It's collaboration. It's diversity of thought. It's agility. So there's so much more you can bring out from those type of examples. Absolutely. That's perfect. Um, well, thank you. you know, huge round of applause for coming on the episode. You've given some amazing tips and advice. We will pop the link to the podcast that you guys at um, Centre could do. Um, yeah, so that'll be in the link for anyone to listen to. Um, you've been amazing, Gabriella. Thank you so much. And we wish you all the best for the next few months as we come out of lockdown. And, you know, you welcome your graduates. Thank you very much, Ben. It's been uh been fun talking to you today so thanks for inviting me amazing thank you so much and take care we hope you enjoyed listening and picked up some valuable tips or advice if you did enjoy be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes if you're looking for student jobs from part-time jobs gap year roles apprenticeships internships placements or graduate roles head to efrs.co.uk see you next time